Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR consultant at Boldside. Hey, Em. Hey, Shell. And I am Emily Bowen and I'm the COO of Rarekind. And we are doing part two of how to prepare for a pay and performance review. That's right. So if you have not yet listened to last week's episode, please do go back. I think you'll find that this episode today is useful, but maybe doesn't make quite as much sense without having listened to part one first. And we're on the downhill run. So we've done a lot of the hard yards in last episode of how to prepare for this conversation. And now we're getting into really tactical, preparing for the probably the smaller part of the discussion, which is about pay. Smaller, but definitely higher stakes. Yeah, still significant. Yeah. Not, you know, great things come in small packages. Or hopefully big ones. Well, <laughs> that sounds inappropriate, but anyway. Oh, uh, interpret that as you will. So what we're aiming for is hopefully a pay increase. And I'm giggling Keep still. a straight face, Shelley. Um, Okay, so we've got five things we want you to do to prepare for the pay side of this discussion. And number one, as always, we say this in every pay advice we will ever give, do your research. Yeah, so look at the market. Consider what you can find in regards to salaries that are comparable to your role. I was recently, so funnily enough, I was doing a bit of research from, I guess, the manager side of things recently for our uh, annual review process, which encapsulates both performance and pay at rare kind. And I was looking on Seek and that was just one resource that I used. But Seek has this wonderful tool they have so many wonderful tools. Mm. They're doing a really good job. Uh, that's just like a shameless plug. Um, we love them. As like They're a amazing. user. Yeah. yeah. So they they have a section though where you can actually go in and, and maybe if you're considering changing roles, this would be really interesting. But it's also super useful for a pay conversation. Basically what it does is it says, here's a whole bunch of uh, roles that sit under different disciplines And here's a bit of a description of what you would expect that role to look like, what sort of qualifications and experience you would expect to have. And here, because they've got heaps of salary data from all the job ads that get posted, here's what a typical salary looks like for that role. And you can drill down into like state by state as well. So very cool. That is really cool. And and I love the idea of getting, when you're doing your research, get as many data points as you can find. Yes. So go to Seek, do exactly what Em just said and look on if you, you can download Hayes, have some great resources as well. Find as much as you can because the more data you have, the more clarity you can have about where you want to pitch it essentially. Yeah, absolutely. And so much does go into this conversation of pay and what is a reasonable or competitive remuneration for a role and that's anything from what the market is doing at the time, what the market's projected to do, what industry you're in, what qualifications like you as a person, what qualifications, what experience do you bring? Like it's just multi-layered. 
Yeah. And so you might get all those data points, pop them in, like, I'm getting really practical now, but pop them in an Excel spreadsheet, find, I guess you're essentially you're creating your own range. Okay. Well, if it's, if, if the pay for this particular role starts at 65, goes up to 85 on average, okay, yeah. Well then where am I, where's my pay in relation to that? And therefore, how do I want to frame up a conversation about an increase? What do I want that to look like? And that gives you confidence in your pitch. It gives you, you walk in and you go, I know where I'm at and I know where I want to be. Well, this is a classic case of like art and science when you're having a pay conversation. And the science is that data collection, that research that you've done. Yeah. And the art we're going to get to in the back end. And, and you'll also find more about the art in some of our previous episodes because it does then come into a lot of people try to focus on the data. What's the pay out there? And they forget the, the nuance of actually asking for that in a way that, let, like, that makes that manager say, yes, I'm going to give you that increase. Yeah, one of the most popular episodes we've ever released was our second ever episode a long time ago. I think I'd probably <laughs> cringe if I went back and listened, but that's not to take away from the quality of the advice. That episode went deep dive into yeah. how to ask for a pay rise. It's called Let's Talk About Pay Baby. And so in conjunction with this, if you really want to get serious, everything we talked about there still stands. Highly recommend you go back and listen. So this brings us to our second point, know your salary expectations. And you've done the review and research. Now you have a figure in mind. This is your salary expectation. And often in this performance discussion, you'll have an opportunity to talk about what you're hoping for with your pay. The manager might ask you, what are your salary expectations? If not, it's something that you can bring up in this moment to say, here's what I'm looking for. Knowing that expectation is really important and communicating the expectation is even more important because it's your boss needs to know from you what you're hoping to achieve. It also brings that sense of confidence. And again, we all know that there's a line between confidence, arrogance or confidence and cockiness. We don't want to cross that line, but we do want you to feel because of the huge amount of preparation that you've done up until this point, we want you to feel like you can sit there confidently and clearly articulate what you feel you're worth going forward for say the next 12 months and why. And why. That's really critical in this discussion. Why, if I'm coming to you and asking for a 10% pay rise, for example, and I'm saying, hey, um, based on our discussion about my performance, about the goals that I've achieved, and I've connected them to the strategic goals of that business, then I'm, and based on what I've seen in the market, I would like to receive a pay increase of 7%, which would bring my salary up to 85K a year or whatever that is. And I'd love to open up a conversation about what, how does that fit with your expectations and also the salary budget because you're starting to show that business sense of it's not just about you in terms of pay because there's so many other people that they're trying to give pay rises to. The organisation wants to, in most cases, pay everyone more. And so what you're saying is you're, this is my expectation. How does that fit with what you're seeing? The other thing I as a manager really like about someone knowing the answer to what their salary expectations are is if they're a really great employee, I don't want to lose them. And so there's such a big part of this performance and pay review discussion for me that is making sure that I know how to keep them that I know what the key to retention is. And so when it comes to pay, I want to make sure that I have 
a really open conversation where you as the employee can be really upfront with me, well-reasoned but upfront Mm. about what you would like to earn and that if we were able to achieve that increase for you, it's then off the table. Like you're happy and we need to, sure, consider some other non-monetary things from a retention point of view. But the pay thing is off the table. It becomes a hygiene factor. Now, what you ask for, it doesn't necessarily mean I can definitely get you that. Uh, but the highest chance is when it is well-reasoned. And at least if I'm unable to come back to you and say, yes, we've been able to achieve that 7% that you asked for to get you to the 85, I do that knowingly. And I do that knowing that that was your expectation for really great reason. And I can then come back to you with as much preparation and as much of a well-reasoned response to explain to you why we haven't been able to quite get there. Or on the odd occasion, maybe I've been able to get you even further and I can come and say like, here's why I understand these be your expectations, but here's why I want to get you a bit further than that. It's really, oh, it's just really good to know and get into the mind of the employer sometimes and hearing you say that's such a good reminder, Em, about, oh, like they want to, employers want to keep their best people. And this is why if them knowing this helps them do that. And so don't be afraid to say what you want. Like, don't be shy about it. Don't be obviously a jerk. I think there is that confidence in it of going, look in the mirror, practice saying it, watch out if you flinch, because if you're kind of uh, awkward about the ask, well, then, you know, that can kind of transfer. But If you're nervous about this, the other strategy that I've seen work really well in these discussions is come with a a range. Instead of just saying, hey, Em, I want to get to 85K, go, I've been thinking somewhere between 80 and 85. And then you're giving that scope because if you're feeling awkward, which a lot of us do get awkward in these discussions and that's okay, but here's some other strategies to prepare for it. And just knowing what Em just said, that the employer wants to keep their best people and pay is one of the, the ways we do that. Go in with that confidence going, they want to keep me and I'm going to ask for what I want. Yeah. And it's they want to keep me and I want to stay working here. So let's just make sure that we all come to the party in the conversation to try and get this off the table so it's not even a thing. It's just like, yep, that's dealt with. Now let's go on with the good stuff. Great. Let us quickly go to a break and we'll be back in a sec. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money Medical, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, and My Millennial Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, when you are considering what your expectations are and you're basing that on your review and research, you've got a sort of a gut feel. Usually we'll all have a bit of an instinct for what would feel good for us. We're human, we can't avoid that. So point number three, we're calling fund your own increase. Aha, I love this. Yeah, so this is this is an interesting one and it may challenge some of us, particularly if you haven't thought about your salary increase requests in this way before. This is all about understanding the business that you work for does not have a money tree. Like the money is not endless. And when a business is going through this time of year, and we're conducting performance and sell and pay review conversations. There's this mapping back of your expectations and the expectations of the people around you to business affordability and to, well, if the business is doing what it's doing and that's planning to continue for the next 12 months, and then we've got employees requesting a certain percentage increase on average across the board, how as a business are we actually going to fund that? How are we going to pay for that? And given that one of our mantras when it comes to pay conversations is how can we move, like we're constantly asking ourselves, how can we move our manager closer to yes? Well, a key way to get them closer to yes is for you to actually think, how can you fund your own increase? It's so empowering, this idea, because instead of us us going to our manager and saying, here's what I'm hoping for and can you wrangle that? We're saying, here's what I'm wanting and here's how I have demonstrated that value above and beyond that. Like you're already showing that you're creating that value, be it through sales, be it through efficiencies. And this is the way you're getting them to say yes is by making it a no-brainer. Yeah. And also taking ownership of going forward, how you're going to increase the profitability of the business. So I want to take an example, which is if you work in the operations or administrative team of a business. So you're responsible for systems, you're responsible for that first uh, port of call, like customer service around the reception or answering emails. What you can do is you can consider the things that over the next 12 months, you can have an impact on that will increase the efficiencies of the business and therefore increase profitability. And you can map out to your manager in this conversation, not only what your expectations are and not only how you've come up with a business case that says, look, here's my expectations and I've come to that based on the science of my research and based on what I've contributed and demonstrated in the past up until now. But what I'd also like to propose is that going forward, here are the changes I will make or here are the the improvements that I will be a part of from my role in operations, from my role in customer service or administration in order to increase the efficiencies of this business and therefore increase profitability and therefore fund my own increase that I've just requested. Oh, yes. This is just, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. One of the things that stands out to me so much in this kind of approach, it's very different. Again, like 
this will make you stand out because many people don't think like this. They're solely coming at it from their own perspective, which is fine. But what we want to be doing is thinking about the broader view, thinking about, okay, well, when we talk about wage cost, so don't want to bore you with technical details, but wages, the cost of salaries is probably one of the biggest expenses for most businesses. So on average, I think it's around 65% of their operating expenditures spent on salaries. So thinking that through and going, okay, this is a big cost. They can't just say yes to everything everyone puts forward, but they're more likely to say yes when someone can demonstrate how they are going to add further business value. The business needs to be growing in order for your salary to grow. So if you look back and you look at, okay, well, what are the processes I can enhance? What are the things that I can introduce to create growth opportunities for this business? The natural flow on effect of that is that your salary will and should grow. If not, it's because we need to craft this request well so that we can bring our manager's attention to the things that we've done that have added value. So thinking that through, I'd love you to do a cost benefit analysis. Okay. So what's the cost of the increase? Well, let's say I want a 10K increase. Okay. Well, that's how much it costs, but here's all the benefits that I've added. Now you want to calculate those benefits. So If you have introduced, let's say you introduced a new project management software that saved all the teams, you know, 15 minutes a day. Well, how many people are in that business? Let's say there's 50. Well, what's the average salary of those people? Let's say it's 60K. Calculate. You can actually drill down and calculate the value. The more you're able to quantify it, the more easily that manager can see it. And sometimes we need to get into that level of detail for ourselves just to feel confident to make that request. And I've seen people do that so many times and be able to bring forward the value that they've added in a dollar figure. Personally, for me, I've loved seeing that. I like to see that they've created tangible value, that it's not just this, here's the goals that I've achieved and and yeah, can I have a 10K increase? But it's here's all the value, here's the cost of what I'm asking for and here's the benefit. Yep, absolutely. And remembering you can do that for the past and you can do it for the future by projecting here are the things that I intend on doing that will help cover in the future my increased request. And if we close out this part of fund your own increase, I'd just like to leave you with one final thought. And Em and I really were talking about this a lot before the episode of How do you move from entitlement to ownership? So we're not entitled to a pay increase unless it's an award increase, in which case you are. But in most cases, you're not necessarily entitled to a pay increase. But if you move to ownership, so how do I own my own career? How do I own this pay increase discussion? It's going to really shift the language, the type of conversation you have. And so thinking through in your mind before this pay discussion. How do you own that increase? Fund your own increases. It's all about career self-reliance, which M will talk about till, you know, forever. And that's one thing we really want you to do in this discussion. Here, here. All right. Number four, come prepared with non-financial requests. I love the, that thing we saw on LinkedIn. I think it was on LinkedIn. What was that thing that we saw about earning and learning? Oh, it was on Twitter. Twitter. Um, Gary Tan. He said, at every job, you should either learn or earn. Either is fine, both is best, but if it's neither, quit. Yeah, it so nicely sums up. I guess I've reflected on my own career to date 
And I can see where without having it summarized so nicely, I have had those moments where I have accepted, well, I've said to myself and I've said to others, I know I could be earning more elsewhere, but I wouldn't be getting this, this and this experience. Yeah. And I love, he has put it so succinctly to say, earn or learn. Obviously we want both, but if it's neither, quit. And hundred percent could not agree more with that statement because in this conversation about pay, we want to earn more. Of course we do. But as I mentioned before, if the business isn't growing, chances are your salary may not be able to grow at the rate that you want. So find other opportunities. And this is almost come prepared with non-financial requests is a way to have something up your sleeve to go, well, if if it's not financially viable to give me the pay increase I want, well, here's some other things I've thought about that may be viable for that business. Yeah. And they're just as valuable to you. And particularly when we're talking about opportunity to learn, if they bring with them that learning experience, then they're likely, I would suggest, to result in a greater pay increase in the future. That's right. And organisations will often have a learning and development budget. So they'll have a budget set aside for this type of thing. And it is separate usually to the salary kind of budget. So have that in mind of going, it's not that you're saying I'm I'm foregoing my salary increase so I can learn. It's actually, they may have that set aside for that thing And I've seen it so many different places where they don't use it all. They don't spend all that money on learning and development. And you coming prepared with, this is what I'd love to be doing. You can use some of that budget, get some of the things ticked off your list that you'd love to do. And I know on last episode, we talked about the 70, 20, 10 principle of learning and that we want to be doing lots of on the job learning. But that doesn't mean that if you go to a coaching course or you go to a course on copywriting or whatever you want to do, Putting that forward to the business is another good thing to have on your LinkedIn, to have on your resume and all those areas that you can show that off, creating more career capital for you in the long term. Yeah, absolutely. I love that one. Uh, All right. I feel like we've made this seem pretty simple, but I just keep in my mind thinking, oh, but there's also so much good content on building a business case and, and we do deep dive in that earlier episode we spoke on called Let's Talk About Pay Baby. So please go and listen to that. This is your second and final reminder. (laughs) Uh, How do we close this out, Shell? So our last one is to remember it's not a one-off conversation. Yeah. So there's follow-up. Have follow-up conversations. Agree with your manager how you want to do that. So if you've come with your request and you said, I'd like a 10K increase And your manager is obviously not going to be able to necessarily give you the thumbs up there and then. And you've also come and said, here's some other ideas I had about learning opportunities that I'd love to pursue. They're going to want to go away potentially and think about that. And so agreeing with them in that moment about how you want to come back to that discussion. Yeah. And when? I think a time frame is really important as part of that agreement. So what does that look like? I know for our business, we schedule our performance and pay conversations, our annual ones, uh, around the same time as our budgeting process for next year as a business. So we do need to go away after having an initial conversation on pay and sort of do a little bit more homework and then come back to confirm what we're locking in. And that's because we're going away and we're looking at, okay, well, this is the sort of request we've got. This is what we're thinking. This is what we're budgeting for as far as growth. Does the Do the numbers stack up and where does that leave us? And if they come back to you and say in that follow-up conversation, sorry, no, we're not able to do that right now, 
that's the perfect opportunity to say to your manager, thank you for letting me know. Could we consider a six-month review based on how the business is going? Because if it's if it's the financial affordability is not like there at the moment and we need to wait and see, well, then schedule that in. Like be intentional in that and say, I, I'd like to reconsider this discussion. Is that fine if I book in something for us six months down the track? And go away, book it in the calendar. So you know it's there. You've agreed with your manager in that moment that that's going to happen and it doesn't become another awkward, you're not kicking the awkward can down the road to go in six months time, hey, remember we said this and blah, blah, blah. And same goes for if the feedback is based on or the reason is based on your development and there are things that you need to do in order to close the gap and so be, you know, achieving that particular pay point set the timeframe, set the objectives and pop it in the calendar so that you can check back in and and see if you've actually hit that target. It just reminded me as you've said that, Em, of something we were talking about before recording, which was this is not a one-off, it's not a one-off conversation. The performance nor the pay piece are one-offs. And especially, you've said so much good stuff in part one and part two. Oh, same to you. (laughs) The thing that I love that you reminded us of is if you're an awesome employee, which Em and I will say this till the end of time, anyone listening to this is has got initiative, they've got drive in their career. If you're someone they want to keep, they want to have conversations about this regularly with you. And if they don't, then that's a red flag in my opinion. So yeah, if, if yep. they don't want to have regular discussions about your performance and pay, think about why that is and, and reflect. But in most cases, if you're great, they want to have discussions around your pay, around your performance. So make sure you're intentional in bringing that forward and communicating your expectations, as Em said so beautifully earlier on in this episode, because that's going to help them keep you. Wow, we've covered so much in the last two episodes. And I might do a little recap of the three, th- five yeah, things. Yeah, great. Love that. All right. So... In preparing for the pay part of this discussion, there's five things we want you to do. Do your research, number one. Number two, know your salary expectation and communicate it. Number three, fund your own increase. Number four, come prepared with non-financial requests. And number five, schedule your follow-up. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, I reckon you did earlier (laughs) on, but anyway. (laughs) All right, well, hey... Love hanging out with you, Em, and love hanging out with our listeners as well. You are why we do this. So thank you so much for being part of our little community. If you want to find us, we're on LinkedIn. And hey, if you like the show, give us a five-star rating and review. Yeah, we'd so appreciate that. We will talk to you again soon. All right. See ya. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money Medical, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business and My Millennial Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast.